0: Hello friends and neighbors, welcome to the Monster at the Pilot podcast, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon, it's Thursday, it's Thursday in the morning, cause Brandon didn't do this last night, cause he forgot, um, what am I talking about, oh it's sports day, man, I'm already lost, I, I just kinda woke up, I'm uh, still getting Awake for the day. I hope everybody's doing good out there. Hope everybody's fine and safe after a while. Black Friday weekend, only 42 million dead this year, down from last year. (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about. Whatever. We're talking about Liverpool, Man City, and we're going to talk about... um... Columbus crew with the win. we will to talk about the Bruins a little bit. We're going to talk about all the stuff I usually talk about. I don't think there's anything else I'm going to be commenting on. I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. We'll probably get there. We'll get there together as one big family. So as the family should, you should like, share, subscribe, support. Anywhere podcasts are available. You can find Monster 8 the Pilot. You can watch the video on Spotify if you feel like it. Oh, baby. Thursday. Thursday. I wasn't with you last week because of the international break. Uh, where do we go first? Where do we go first? Let's go with Liverpool first. Liverpool do play last today in the Europa League. That should be a win and guaranteeing a qualifying for the next round. Um, still want to win the group outright so we don't have to play in the round 32. We just go straight to the round 16. That will be fun. That would be great. We really should be winning this game at home. Um... Between a rock and a hard place, I kind of want us to, you know, obviously rest a few players. So I don't think we need to see Mo unless it's, like, for the second half. I don't think we need to see Virgil. I don't think we need to see probably even Costas just because, you know, he's playing well right now. They played very well against Man City. And um don't think we need to see him today just because he is, like, our only true left back <laughs> on the team with real senior experience. Huh. Um. Probably don't need to see Darwin today unless needed. I mean, should see like Ben and Yakpo up top. Uh, Yoda's out with an injury. See Lucho kind of getting back in the rhythm. I know he was he uh, came in at like the 50-minute mark because uh, Diego Yota got hurt against Man City. came up lame. I can't remember what for. Uh, don't need to see Allison, which we were never going to see Allison kill her, which if Allison's out for a while, which because he got hurt at the very end of the Man City game, seemed like he came up with a hamstring. Um He might Kelleher, or instead of Kelleher, since Kelleher would be for the Premier League, you know, keep him from playing this game. Maybe we see Pete Luga, who's our highly rated young keeper, 20 years old, Brazilian. Um, There's a couple videos out here of him just making ridiculous saves in the training ground, like some insane saves. Um, He's highly, highly thought of at the club. Um, Highly, highly thought of by the fans, too, who know anything about the club. So, I mean... Maybe we get to see him make his debut. I, w- I would not be opposed to that. Uh, maybe they go with Yaros instead. Or maybe they just go ahead with Kelleher. Make Kelleher get a run games in. Um, I like Kelly. I do like Kelly a lot. I think um, his big issue is he's a little bit stagnant being Allison's backup. I think he's 25 now. Um, he needs to get moved on, but he also needs to kind of play. He needs to take this by the scruff of the neck. Like uh, if Allison might be out there, there's been rumors of maybe five weeks. Um, take us through the new year. There's been other reports. We'll be back by mid-December, just a couple weeks out. If it is the five weeks thing, and Kelleher comes in and plays up to some of the standards he has set in the past, he hasn't played great this year in the Europa League. I think there's been a couple uh, saves he really should be making that he's not making. Um, his distribution's been fine, but like there's been a couple saves. It's like, oh, you really should be getting better. Like you should really be doing better there, and um. If he does take it by the scruff of the neck, he can get the move that he wants. Maybe not in January, but maybe in the summer. Um, it's just, he's had such a small sample size. I think he's already played more this year than he did last year. Uh, I know he played last the year before that more than he's played this year because of all the cup runs and all that crazy shit for the almost quadruple. But yeah, we should be beating Lask. We shouldn't have any problems here, really, at home, you know. They last did have that really wonderfully worked goal in the other tie the very first game where they uh, scored an absolute rocket from outside the box. It was a really well-taken goal, but there should be no problems here. I'd say Liverpool, three, lost, nil. I, I'll go with the shutout. Three, nil. Thumbs up. <laughs> but no, the big thing from the weekend, Liverpool won, Man City won. Uh, good fight back from the boys. Uh, went down, I think, in the 27th minute, the Holland scoring goal. His, he's the quickest ever he's played the least amount of games to get the 50 premier league goals um guy's a machine he really is he'll be at madrid next year (laughs) i think it's kind of already been set in stone even with like all the financial fair play stuff though i think there's reports that the hearing for man city probably won't happen until like 2025 at the earliest because man city is dragging this out as much as they can um which is annoying but you know whatever got time you know to make cases it takes time. That's the one thing I learned from The Wire, man. Don't rush these cases. You know, make sure all the pieces are in place. All the pieces matter, man. 115 charges and whatever Sergio Aguero wore over the weekend. That's 116th, in my opinion. Jesus. <laughs> now, Holland scored in the 27th minute. Uh, Trent leveled it in about the 80th minute. Um, City played... I think better than us overall, but when you go to the Eddie had, you kind of expect that. I think that's the first time they've dropped points at home all season, maybe in all competitions. I don't think they've dropped. I don't think they've lost a game or drawn a game at home all year. So for us to go in there and get a point, that's key leaves us third in the table behind Arsenal and Man City. I was actually surprised Arsenal's up there. Tottenham's completely falling off, which was kind of expected, especially with their injuries and the way they play and just kind of the squad depth that was coming. Um, United somehow in sixth. <laughs> as bad as they are. 16 goals for, 16 goals against. geez. They're going to get jumped. Newcastle will take over there. Villa's playing outstandingly. I watched the Villa and Spurs game. Villa's playing outstandingly. But back to Liverpool, Man City. I didn't get to watch too much of it with work stuff. So, obviously, I only could catch bits and pieces. I thought Trent was our best player. Um, he seems always... Step up in these moments. There's games where we need him, and he does show up. I know sometimes I'm pretty critical of Trent because um, I think it's also the standards he sets in terms of being just phenomenal player that he is that sometimes like he switches off or he doesn't give his 100% effort, and that bothers me. But at the same time, I mean, you can't deny the talent that the kid has. The goal he scored, it's a great run by Yakpo off the ball to clear the space. ball comes in from Mo and um, right foot. Ederson has no chance. Boom, bottom corner. It's a really well taken goal to get the ball, to take the ball the way he does and get it into a shooting position as quickly as he does, so fluidly as he does. is so impressive. That's the one thing I love about watching the world class, like top football, is that it's just like there's stuff they do. Like, how are they able to compute it that quickly and make everything just seem so effortless? Like, as much as I hate Luis Suarez, I will always go back to that goal he scored against Newcastle, Enrique up over the top, where he's like looking over his left shoulder, looking back over his shoulder takes the ball off his chest down to his foot and and it's all one fluid motion within like a half a second he takes it down off his chest to his right foot rounds the keeper like so his touch off his right foot is to round the keeper and then this like taps it in from the left foot it's one of the most incredible goals and i don't think it's ever appreciated enough it's just in- incredible that his mind computed that so quickly and the awareness he has of that the Keeper is rushing him. By the way, he's got Colacini on his back. It's not like he's like free. Colacini's on his back, and he's able to take it off his chest perfectly to his foot to another perfect touch around the keeper and then slots it home with his left. It's one of the most incredible goals. As much as I hate Suarez, in terms of footballing, he's the most incredible player I've ever watched. Like Me, most incredible player. Like, that's ever played for Liverpool, and in my mind, played in the Premier League since I've watched. Like, just... The unbelievable next-level talent that he really was. Like, I think a lot of people underrate his actual skills because of, obviously, all the bullshit around him, the stupid racism stuff, the stupid biting stuff, like a fucking child, the rat bastard that he is. Um, That some people underappreciate just how much more talented he was than the rest of the league. <laughs> Some people try to compare Hazard who Hazard was phenomenal in his day. Uh, but he's nowhere close to what Suarez was like. I'm trying to think there's only a few players like Ronaldo, obviously when he played at man United, even then he wasn't quite the world beater that he became. He did have like one year where he started showing that, but then he was off to Madrid. Um, so he became the Ronaldo that everybody knows at Madrid. Um, Henri, but that was before my time he's like when you watch highlights you're like holy shit this guy is so much better than everybody else uh john barnes would be the same way when you just watch you're like oh my god how is this guy allowed to play amongst these people because he's too he's too good for them <laughs> and these were the best of the best like uh now to go to Addy Had and get a win, it's uh, great, great goal from Trent. I uh, need to spring forward. Darwin and Pep got into it after the game. The reports are it's over. Uh, Pep celebrating in Costa's face last year on the sidelines. We scored a goal as like Costa's come back from warming up and he gets right in like Costa's face and like is celebrating because like Pep's a fucking child and he's like so desperate to beat us all the time because <laughs> we are like like no matter what, even if like Arsenal second, like Liverpool means beating Liverpool means much more to him. It's also um, he called out his fans because once again, the Eddie had was the empty head. Like, you know, they, they probably were full, but there was like large spells of the game where it was completely quiet because they have no atmosphere. Cause they're not a real historical club. They are a kind of a still a vanity club in a lot of ways. Like uh, not to be like, I'm not trying to like uh, take the piss out of them or anything like that. What they've done on the field is incredible. What they've done behind the scenes, not so incredible. Um, but They haven't really built a passionate, like, diehard fan base. They still have, like, the guys who uh, followed the team way back when they were shit and before all the oil money came in. They have those guys, but they weren't that big of a club before the oil money. They were, you know, a team that was probably in that same realm of, like, uh, let's see, who's in this realm now? I mean, they were smaller than Aston Villa. They were smaller than Everton. They were smaller than, um, God, I'm trying to think. They were smaller than Blackburn. They're probably on the same level like a Norwich, maybe? Like, uh, Norwich has a lot of, like, really high uh, profile fans. Like, I think, like, uh, oh, the Hugh Jackman, I think, like, the Queen was, like, a fan of Norwich. I can't remember. There's, like, quite a few fans of Norwich. Like, oh, wow. They have quite a few celebrity fans. Um, probably in that realm, maybe? I don't know. I'd have to look into the history a little bit more. Smaller than Nottingham Forest, smaller than Leeds. Um, I'm talking about when I back then, back then. Now obviously they're bigger than those clubs, though they're not the biggest club in the world like they try to claim to be. Um, where am I going with this? Taking the piss out of Man City here. Oh, Pep was calling out the fans like it was so quiet, it was like he wanted a better atmosphere in the in the stadium and that's been, like, his thing is, like, uh, he kind of always uses Liverpool as his example sometimes of, like, you know, atmospheres and, like, just how wonderful it is at Anfield and, like, the atmosphere and how it always feels. And it's like, um, yeah, he he really wants to be us, but because of all the money bullshit behind the scenes, they'll never be us because that's the one thing that's been most impressed about this Liverpool run under Klopp is that we have played by every single rule imaginable and we have competed with a team that it really does seem like did not play by any of the rules. <laughs> so, for them to go out there and like cook their fucking books like they have, and for us to compete against them by still you know balancing the books the way we have has been one of the more impressive things. And I think if Man City is found guilty and whatever happens to him happens to them, I think history is going to look very kindly on this Liverpool team under Klopp of just like how like the way they did it and how they were able to compete when they shouldn't have been able to because really without us man city has like coasted to like eight straight premier leagues or whatever at this point now if we didn't win ours like and they would have won them by i think 15 points each or something crazy just insane except for like last years like they just would have dominated and just won every single one nobody would have been close like it's just we were needed <laughs> we were very much needed in this time uh but whatever That's put us in a good position heading into the rest of the season, heading into the winter part of the season where we start getting to the festive period where we start, the games start piling up. Excuse me. Who do we have? Uh, We have Fulham at the weekend. Fulham will be a tough game, though. They are in 14th. They're in that weird spot of like not in trouble at all because the teams below them are so bad. Luton got a big win. I'm happy about that. I hope Luton gets to stay up. Um, So we still have Sheffield, Everton, and Burnley in the, uh, the relegation spots. Who'd Burn Burnham lost to Bournemouth? Like Bournemouth might be safe now with twelve. <laughs> it's ridiculous to think of how bad some of these teams are. Everton's still sitting in nineteenth. They I really thought they would come out and give Manchester United like a good like lashing after everything and how excited the crowd was. Then Garnacho scores which truly really was a really great goal. If Pickford had normal size arms, he probably saves it, but you know, Jordan Pickford sucks. So that's his problem. Um yeah they got beat it was like 3-0 or something like that. It was like they barely put a foot in the game because they're Everton and their players don't give a shit. They're probably on wages. And that's the other thing with Everton if they do go down, like if these they're they're in trouble, more trouble than I think I initially gave them credit for. They get the 10 or 12 point ban. Obviously they have to fight it. Um I know some people think it's a uh, overstretch here cuz after everything was calculated because Everton they took uh Lost like 300 some million when over a three year period when they should only you're only allowed to lose like 105 if I'm thinking correctly. Um, they lost like 300 some, but they calculated uh, COVID into that and took money like, you know, obviously lost money due to COVID. Everybody lost money due to COVID um, due to the war in Ukraine. They had Russian sponsors that are no longer their sponsors, so they lost money there. So they calculated all of that, and I guess they really like if they took all those calculations, they still lost like 130 million. So they still lost more than they're allowed to uh, lose over three year period. So that's where the 10 point ban came in. They feel that's disproportionate. Obviously, they're mad. They have to be mad because they said, "Oh yeah, that's fine." Um, the cases by Southampton, I think Burnley and Leeds against Everton, because those teams have been relegated in those years that Everton deemed to be financially cheating. Um, since those teams were relegated, they are suing Everton for loss of uh, earnings. So I, I think all of them have put three hundred million dollars on it. So if, or it's up to three hundred million dollars as well. So if Everton loses those cases, they go into what's called administration, basically bankruptcy, and they'll lose another ten points. And if they do that, I don't think they stay up. Like I think they can. Yeah, I mean they might. They'd be at what negative six at that point. Whew. They might still have a chance. <laughs> how bad. Like kind of Luton, Sheffield, and Burnley are they might still have a chance to stay up if they lost ten more points. <laughs> oh man. Um I don't know how she got the financial fair play, but whatever. Uh yeah, but oh the Manchester United game. They 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 had no heart or desire. To do anything in that game. Which Cornelius like wonder goal came within like the third minute. So that kind of sucked the air out of the place. But I really thought they would give him a good run. They did not. Um, I know in the Champions League. United fucking lost. Or not lost. They uh, gave away a two goal lead again. To Galatasaray. Um, Onana is so bad in goal. Like they thought he was the answer. They thought he was the answer. And he's so awful. Both three kick goals from Ziyech like have no business going in. Like the first one, he just gambles on thinking he's going to the near post and he gets wrong footed. And then the second one, he just like hits into his own goal because he's bad. I was really hoping he would screw up again. They'd lose that after a, what was it really? He probably could have done better on the third goal as well, but the third goal is hit with like a ferocity. Like there's a lot of velocity on that ball that maybe he doesn't quite get there, but he doesn't seem like he's in the right position. Um, I don't know. It's just like the quick like kind of recap I saw. I didn't like watch the game or didn't watch uh, like extended highlights. I just saw like the goal. I'm like, shouldn't he have been like closer to his near post on that one anyway? But whatever. But that ball was hit with ferocity. Um yeah, I don't know. That's Premier League in a nutshell, kinda. Um, I really like Aston Villa. I think is doing a really good job there. Um I kinda hope they can make top four and they really Kind of have a chance. I mean, they're playing well enough. They don't have to worry about that much. I I think they're probably in you. Did they make Europe last year? Let's see. Yeah, they're in the Conference League, which, I mean, no offense to the Conference League. I mean, Villa would like to win that, just have a, another European trophy in their books. But at the same time, like, Conference League top four top four <laughs> like you know they win the conference league they just go to the europa league if they you know if they get the top four they go straight to the champions league so i think that's what they'd rather have they do have a really good squad i think douglas louise is a really good player i don't know if he i know there's reports that liverpool want him they're not selling him in january with the way they're going there's zero reason to and also i feel like him and McAllister kind of do the same things so there's no real reason um they've got good players I think they would have to take a step up if they're going to be a routine top four team. I think uh I do like Ollie Watkins a lot. I'm just looking around their whole squad. That Diaby guy's got pace. Um, Zaniolo, I thought, looked good for a little bit. Then I've also seen other games like he does not look like anything. He used to be a guy that was always on Liverpool's radar. I think John Duran sucks, but whatever. Um and yeah, they got like a good squad. There's just like a lot of players you look like I wouldn't mind having him at Liverpool and like some of them mostly in backup roles or just somebody to go with. I think Ollie Watkins could do a job at Liverpool though. He's more of an out and out striker, which we don't really play with. Um, Douglas Louise would be a good player. Like Yuri Tillemans doesn't do the, have the work rate to play at Liverpool, but I think he's a solid player. Um, I like Jacob Ramsey a lot. I like Leon Bailey quite a bit. I like Diaby. I like uh, Matty Cash. I mean, there's quite a few players. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind him at all playing at Liverpool. Especially, like I said, Matty Cash and they got backup role to Trent. Like, that'd be perfect. Like, a young, older player can do the same things, can get himself on the end of a goal. I don't know. It's interesting. We got an interesting season going on right now. Especially with all the other stuff behind the scenes. Like, Chelsea also has, like, the financial fair play. They keep going up and down. They'll play, like if you go at them, they play well. If you sit back, they have no idea what to do. They got beat by Newcastle like four one over the weekend. Like, and Newcastle was like hurt really bad right now. There's like injuries everywhere in that squad, and still somehow Chelsea just like looked awful against them. After going four four toe to toe with Man City in a slugfest, they get like smashed by Newcastle four one. I don't know. It's crazy. Brentford at 11th, like Brentford. But, you know, it's a weird season. It's going to be a weird year, especially with the financial stuff finally hitting. I don't know. But that should be Liverpool talk. We got Lost. We got Fulham at the weekend. That should be a good game. Then we've talked about the Man City game. Not too much. Like I said, I didn't get to watch too much of it. Much as that sucks. Same time, man, watching Man City Liverpool games will take years off your life. They will take years off your life, especially that year we went for the quadruple. The two twos, oh my god, both those games, like, just heart racing for 90 straight minutes. Elevated heart rates, blood pressure through the roof for 90 straight minutes. Like, you know, then we went to the uh, Wembley and beat them in the FA Cup semis. When Zach Steffen, Columbus Crew legend, Zach Steffen, had an awful game. <laughs> he had an awful game in goal for Man City. Uh, but before we go to the Crew and, uh, and all that fun stuff. We're going to talk about Boston Bruins and how bad they are right now. They are really bad. Uh, lost to the Blue Jackets after losing to, who was it, the Red Wings and the Rangers, I feel like. They've given up 17 goals in three games. Team's been the best defensive team in the league by like a wide margin, and we've given up 17 goals in three games. We have been really bad in the past like couple of weeks, which I'm not overly, like, same thing about how great we started. I'm not, like, super worried about it. One, I mean, we've got ourselves a decent cushion of how well we played off the start. And two, it's like I also knew this team wasn't as good as the record was indicating. Um, there's flaws. I know we had some injuries on the backside and terms the dif- uh, defendman. De- de- defendman defensemen. So, I mean, I'm not super worried about it. We'll get it recovered. Um, we're still going to be a playoff team. Like I said, if we can find a way to make it work and we need another center though. Charlie's playing great, but his shot percentage, like in terms of like shots to goal percentage is like, so out of whack compared to what it usually is. Like he's scoring goals, like on over 20% of his shots. That's not sustainable. That's not sustainable for like for the best players, like at all. I mean, like, you know, tops out like 16, 18%, I think is like kind of the high end for shot percentage for like really great players. I mean, even then some of them are lower just because they shoot so much. Like pasta, probably hits like 11 to 13% just because he shoots so much. Um, but yeah, 20% is just not sustainable. So I like Charlie a lot, but he's the perfect third line center. He's the perfect third line. He's the best third line center in the, in the game, in my opinion, like, but as a second line center, he's not quite there and he's definitely not a first line center. So I don't know it Patras, whether he can develop quick enough to get there by playoff time, probably not whether we need to go get somebody this talks about maybe getting, um, oh shoot, I forgot his name from. Uh, Edmonton. Not the two big guys. Not Drysaddle or McDavid. I kept wanting to say Del Negro. It's not Del Negro. That's a basketball guy. Um, he has three names. Well, shit. I can't remember. But I don't know. He had, like, a crazy year last year. Scored 100 points. But before that, it was, like, high. It was, like, 65. Which is still good. But it's, like, don't be... They're, like, saying, oh, uh, we would trade Ollie and... Yeah, get that guy back. Who am I talking about? Damn it. It's not something we need to do anytime soon anyway. Because Edmonton's been really bad this year. Let's see. Hold on. Why am I not remembering this guy's name? He was a number one overall pick. Nugent Hopkins. There we go. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's who we were talking about. Uh, be like, Nugent Hopkins and a second round pick for Ollie. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I like that one that much. I mean, I don't mind Newton Hopkins, but I feel like, you know, he played wing quite a bit due to uh, McDavid and Drysaddle just being fucking ridiculously great. (laughs) And he got himself 100 points last year, but like before that, 69, nice, um, was his other career high. So it's like he had a kind of a crazy outlier year last year. They're still a good player, but I don't know. Yeah, the Bruins are just in a crappy spot right now. They're just not playing great. Which we had a lot of games last week. I think we played f- overall four. We played four games last week. We, it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and then we played Monday. So maybe with some tired legs on the back end of a little road trip out to uh, garbage here. Uh, well, not garbage here, Columbus, but playing garbage team. You know, sometimes you got to let the minor league team win. You got to let them build that confidence a little bit. <laughs> I'm funny. I'm a funny guy. Oh. Anything else? Anything else going on? I don't think so. Nothing sports-wise. Uh, let's get to the Columbus Crew. Let's get the hell out of here. Columbus Crew 2, Orlando City 0. Really good performance. Um, I'll talk about some of the issues I had with the performance, mostly in extra time. Um, I thought we were the better team. and about the 65th minute, I even tweeted it out or X'd it out or however you fucking say that stupid stuff now. Apologies, I said the F word. I don't think I've said it any other times. Have I? I probably have. Haven't noticed. Um, is that I tweeted out or X that whatever um, that Columbus is played, much, has been the better team. We've been the better team for like the 65, 70 minutes. I mean, they really didn't have much of a sniff at goal at all until like the very last, like based on one of the last kicks of op- uh, the opening 90 or the first 90 or the uh, regular 90. There we go. Regular. Op- whatever. Regular time. Woo! Brandon is, it's still early. I'm still waking up. Um, you no, know, we were dominant. It was like, you know, we are been the better team here. So uh, Orlando's the win, 1 0. Because it just had that feeling of like, you get these quite a bit. You know, you'll see them where, you're like, you know, you've just been the better team and you just can't find a way to score. And then all of a sudden they get like a chance out of completely nothing and they win 1 0. It's the, uh, I hate talking about it, the Champions League final, Liverpool, Real Madrid a couple years ago. They had one shot on target, and they, we had like eight or nine or maybe even double digits, and they won 1-0, even though Liverpool absolutely destroyed them most of the game. Thibaut Courtois decided he was going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to the goaltending goal that day. God, I'm losing my mind. Um, whatever. Nah, but then in the 70th minute, they had a guy sent off, I can't remember his name, and they were arguing and arguing about it, like they were like kept pointing at the screen, and the screen was not helping them. It was obviously a foul and obviously a second yellow. They weren't arguing the second yellow, red. They're arguing a tackle by Aiden up on the edge of the box on our end, in our defensive half, that was clean as a whistle. Like, easy. Easy. Like he comes in, wins the ball on a slide tackle, and like the ball kind of goes off, and the guy's continuing one goes over. And they want the him to call it back and say, No, 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 that's gotta be a foul up there. And it's like Wasn't even close to a foul. Like, I don't know. I I, I have that issue so much. Like, I get the refs sometimes suck. I do get that, especially in the Premier League. But just because they suck doesn't... I don't know. Sometimes it's like they surround him, start screaming at him for... Things that are not real. I'm like almost like just give them all yellows and say if you think that's a fucking foul, that's a yellow. Sorry for the F word. Uh, that it's like you're getting a yellow for dissent. because if you can't see that, and it's like I need to send you off because you don't know how to play the game. If you think that's a foul, like you know, I don't, I don't get it sometimes. Like you know, what's right is right. That's my thing. It's like whatever's the right call is the like it's right. Right is right. You know what I mean? If you if Aiden does go through the guy and that I would be the first one to say he's like yeah it was a foul. He should have called it back. But it wasn't. It wasn't even close to a foul. Whatever. I was a little disappointed with our play after we went up ten man um, I thought Willie, wow. Big Willie style. His issue was he did not. He decided to make the changes at the end of uh, regular time. He should have been bringing on in the 80th minute. That's when Ramirez should have came on. That's when Sawaski should have came on. And that's probably when Gressel could have came on. Gressel didn't end up playing, man. Gressel's kind of falling off here, uh, mostly because Farsi's playing very well. I thought Farsi played great. Most of the team played great. I thought this was Camacho's best game as a Columbus crew player. Um, I thought he was immense most of the game. Uh, winning headers, uh, playing outright. I mean, there's no really shaky moments that I can think of. Um, Yao was getting exhausted towards the end of this game. He should have been off earlier. Um, some lazy passing in extra time, but yeah, uh, no, we should have been bringing in Ramirez for his size. We should have been bringing in Zawadzki for his athleticism, his ability to get up and win headers, especially on set pieces. Our set pieces were horrible. That was the only negative all game was our set pieces, like corners and all that, were awful. They were really bad. It was wasn't quite as. It, no, it was even worse than earlier in the year when Lucas would just hit back post uh, corners and they would fly all the way across the box and nobody would be there at all. And it's like, didn't have a chance. Like they're worse than that. That's how bad our corners were this week. There's nothing worked like properly too many short corners. That's the issue with the crew is that we don't have a lot of size. So we don't like us getting on the corners really need get some elaborate work in the boxing, like them going to sleep so somebody can come free because we don't have a lot of size to win a lot of big headers. Or if we do, they're always contested and they just go over. It's just, hmm. That's why I wanted Zawatsky in because Zawatsky can get up. He can jump. He's a very good athlete. Uh, getting Ramirez, he's got good size. He has good poacher abilities that we haven't seen it for a while, but then he showed good poacher abilities an extra time. Um, and then getting Gressel in just for the delivery. I'm like, they have 10 men. You need a guy who can stretch the ball with a good pass, and Gressel can do that from deeper. Um, and then you can have Ramirez kind of latching on to something or getting on there. We never drove the byline. That was also my other issue, is that they basically just took all 10 men and just sat back behind the ball and was just hoping they can get through the rest of the game, then get through extra time and get the penalties. Because I mean they could not really push forward at all. Um but we never drove the byline. It was just hopeful balls in. And like it was one versus like six guys in the box. It's like there's no chance he's winning the header. Like, um, so but that's why you need to drive the byline and suck those defenders back and open up space along the penalty spot. It's like then you can get a little drag back or get a little flick back, and there's somebody there. Hopefully, you know, it's just we never did that, so we just put in like balls into Rossi or put a ball into Maton, like Matan, put a ball into Cucho or Rossi, and just hope they could win the like header, and they couldn't because there's like one versus six. I thought the official was okay. He waited way too long to card um, Arroyo and. Uh, the other guy in midfield for him starts with a C. He waited way too long to get them cards, especially the guy who starts with a C. I Forget his name. I got him to pick up his name right now. Like Arroyo, at one point uh, felt that uh, Morris fouled somebody, so he goes in and just goes forearm first through Morris's back to get him back. An obvious yellow card, and he gives him nothing. He just gives him a talking to. He's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, Cartagena. That's right, Cartagena. Cartagena had like eight fouls before he finally got a yellow, and it took him to the second half. He should have got one about fourteen minutes in. Um, it was just like, what the hell? Like, why? It took him that, and then he was committed another foul right after that, and the official said, "That's it. That's it. One more and you're gone." And then he immediately got subbed off. Now, but I think overall we played fantastic football throughout the whole ninety. We like forcundo Torres was anonymous, which is always a key to them. Um. Mauricio Pereira, I kept forgetting, was even playing. So, I mean, we were playing some really good football. Um, we had chances here and there. There was, a, I think Cucho had some good shots. Matan had a really good opportunity that he should be bearing early in the game where the ball kind of deflected to him, and he's free in the box, and he can't just quite get himself around the ball, so he just kind of taps it right to uh, Galese. Um, needs to be doing better in those situations, but I thought we were great. Duncan McGuire was nobody for him. Um, and then we went up like 10 men and I'm like, with 20 minutes left, I'm like, we really got a chance here. We really, like, here we go. And we did nothing. We did nothing. And then extra time, I think he brings in, I think he just makes the Ramirez switch at that point. And within three minutes, Aiden Morris, who was my man of the match, uh, wins the ball off Pereira, not Pereira, I'm sorry. Um, uh, off Arroyo, um, on the edge of the box, Arroyo tries to like basically, Wrap his hands around his legs, but then realize he realizes he's only yellow, so he'd get himself sent off, so he basically lets him go. Uh, Morris gets to the byline and puts the ball across. ball takes a weird little deflection, and there's Ramirez, who's able to get his like basically his knee to it, it looks like, and puts it in the back of the net. Ends the girl drought. I think that's his first goal since Club America back in early August. Um, so huge. It was 1-0. But that from that point on, we decided we're just going to sit back and just try to absorb pressure. And once again, I said this, I think, last week. We are not a team that can sit back and absorb pressure. Like, we were giving up chances like crazy. And I want to say right right before the end of the uh, opening 90, you know, of regular time, which player was it for him? Oheda, Martin Ojeda had a wonderful opportunity for Orlando. He got in behind and put the ball just across. Oh, it was one of those, like, yeah, that's how we would lose. To 10 men, Orlando City on a last-second goal. <laughs> That would have been this like the microcosm of this season. Away from home, dominate the game, lose on a last second goal, but then the added added issue of where they had 10 men when they scored that goal. <laughs> it have been so this par for the course. But he missed it. He went just wide. Um, no, but like we went up one nil and then we just sat back. There was a couple opportunities. There's some really golden opportunities. Uh, Zawadzki fell asleep on kind of the left side of the uh, defense. I uh, can't remember who, I think it was Ojeda gotten behind. No, 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 it was uh, Ramiro Enrique got it behind. And it was like, here it comes. And I was wrong. Patrick Schulte. Patty the horse. Rode him to victory here. Makes an incredible save. A really good left-footed save. Really had no business. I mean, Enrique kind of doesn't put it in the right place, but still, you're more likely to score where he puts it than not. But Schulte's able to get his foot to it. Out for a corner. Big save. I mean, Schulte in extra time was a different level. Like, I talked about a couple weeks ago, the amount of growth in Schulte's game over this season has been so immense. He's the most improved player from game day one to now. There's nobody even close in this team that's improved as much as he has. Like, I thought he was very shaky at the end of the year with his shot stopping. His distribution was always good. His uh, command of the area still is like a little wanting, but uh, in terms of his shot stopping, his athleticism, and his confidence in his game back there, it's immense how much different he is now. Like he is a—he came in this season as a boy. He is now a man. He is a colossus back there. He's a fucking horse because we're gonna ride him to a championship. That's right. I'm saying it, but I'm not putting money on it. <laughs> Not that he made another really good, uh, I think, I can't remember if it was on Ojeda or if it was on Enrique again at the uh, near post. Like, it got in behind, maybe it was Urso. But yeah, they got in, and they put another ball, like, good shot in, and he's able to save it again. I mean, he made two or three just huge saves. Huge saves. And then later on in the game, I think it was about the 118th, 119th minute, uh, Galese, uh I think they had Maurice Adu, who I don't, Great as awe at a, as a uh, announcer. I think he's awful. I think they had him on this game. Um, he thought it was okay that Galayse was playing the halfway line when there's like three or four minutes left in the game when there's no reason for him to be that far out of the box. Ball comes out. Big Willie again brought on Kevin Molino. I'm like, what are you doing? It's different when we're up four two against Atlanta and you bring him in for like thirty seconds. We're up one nil against a team that he has torpedoed us on earlier this year. Why is he coming in the fucking game? He doesn't have the legs to press anymore. Because it's like, sadly, because of all the injuries he's dealt with throughout his career. All the ACL. I think he's had like three or four ACL tears. He doesn't have the legs to press. He doesn't have the legs to defend. He doesn't have the legs to get going like he did. I mean, he's older as well. Like, there's no reason why it's him and not Russell Rowe. Russell Rowe, defensively, is a very good forward. Like, it doesn't just make sense to me. I mean, yeah, he gets paid the money, but whatever, he's not going to make it make sense to me, especially with the performance that Molino has put in, the torpedoing us against Orlando and torpedoing us against Atlanta. Like, there's zero reason to bring him in in this situation. And I think they got a chance right after he came on, but we dealt with it because, obviously, Patrick Schulte is a fucking beast. My bad. No. He deserved that F-word. He deserved to be called an f and beast. Yeah. Um... Now, Glacier says that uh, ball does come out to Molino, though, so I'm going to give him some credit here. He got himself an assist because the ball comes out. Um, I can't remember who headed it out or passed it out, but it got to Molino. Molino finds uh, Cucho along the center line, and um, Glacier's out there, and Cucho rounds him and scores from just inside the circle uh, from about 45 yards out. 2-0, game over. It was wonderful, uh, excellent stuff. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I still don't think Glacier need to be that far out of this goal. He's like, well, you know, you're chasing the game. I'm like, yeah, but now you just killed the chances by being that far out of the goal for no reason. You don't need to be that far out of the goal in the 119th minute. It'd be one thing if it was a corner and they'd already sent him up. But no, it was just like regular play. He was that far out of his net. He's near the halfway line. It's like you just ruined your team's chance of getting back into the game. At 2-0, I would understand that. But it's 1-0. And you're the team that's been carving out chances in the second, like in this whole extra time period. But whatever, you know, I'm just a more smart man than Maurice Se And yes, I just said more smart man. <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, and then later in the night, Cincinnati beat Philadelphia 1-0 with a 92nd-minute goal from Mosquera. Um, I have no idea what Philadelphia was doing defensively. Nobody tracked him into the box and it was just like a little floated ball in that they had. And he's just like on the six yard line with nobody around him. And it's like, what the hell? Like, I'm not sure which center back didn't do his job, but they really flubbed up there and he put it away. One nil. So that sets up. Hell is real. Saturday at six o'clock. Brandon will be sick at work about four o'clock and have to go home early. (laughs) I'm saying that on the record. Um, and then on the other side you got LAFC beat Seattle 1-0 and Houston beat San- Kansas City 1-0 so you got Houston and LA in LA I expect LA to win that game um, LA might be peaking at the right time but we have the Battle of Ohio Hell is Real Derby is coming up Saturday in the playoffs for a chance at the final and if I'm thinking correctly whoever wins this game does host the final am I right in that? I think I should be right the MLS Cup Final 2023 at the Higher Seeds Home Stadium. <laughs> and, well, LA is... <sighs> so, wait a second. That's that, that would be dumb. It should just go by regular season, like, totals, in my mind. I'm just like, even because like, me, us and LAFC are both the three seed. I think it would go to us because we had the better regular season record. Like, if we were in the West, we would have won the fucking West because the West is very mediocre. Um, so we should get it, if I'm thinking correctly. But I say if, like, if Seattle would have won it, really it should have been whoever has the more point total in the regular season. Unless it's the actual conference winner, I'd be okay with. Like, everything else should be whoever has the higher point total gets the home field. So we should have had it over everybody. But no, that's not how MLS does anything. They don't do anything by intelligence. They do everything by stupidity. Um, Yeah, so we should have home field if we win Cincinnati. So basically, the MLS Cup will be decided in Ohio, either Cincinnati or in Columbus. Um, It's going to be an interesting game. Interesting game. Uh, Columbus, I don't know. Since basically the League Cups came back, I think Columbus may be the best team in the MLS. I mean, there's only been one game we've been outplayed. Um, I'll talk about the issues with the Columbus here in a second, but yeah, we've only had one game, I guess two games counting the Atlanta playoff game away. Uh, the Houston game is the only game where I felt we've been outplayed all season or not all season since we got back from League's cup. Um, since then we've been, I feel like the best team It's just, our issue is we get in our own way. You know, we should have beat Atlanta away in the regular season. We should have beat Orlando city away in the regular season. Um, our Dallas game was not, did not play great. um, the points we do drop. It's like in Philadelphia game, we dominated that game. It's just, we couldn't be Andre Blake because Andre Blake is kind of a behemoth back there. Um, but at the same time, we got to go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is fantastic all at home. What is their home record? I should have had all this. I, I don't know. I'm so free flowing with this podcast. It's really hard for me to kind of, uh, have everything pulled up. <laughs> Cincinnati was 13, two and two. At home this season. So they did lose two games. I know they're like Orlando and I think Red Bulls, maybe. I think Red Bull, I can't remember if that Red Bulls game they lost after they'd already sealed the supporter shield and they kind of rotated the squad heavily. Um, I think they got beat like 3 0. I think that was a home game, but you know, at that point they didn't give a shit. Um, so, I mean, if we go back to the game in May, uh, the 3 2 win for Cincinnati. After Cincinnati did go up two nil, after that point, I thought Columbus was the better team. Um, but at the same time, since you know, how much does going up two nil within like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes affect game plan? Like you know, I you can't really say. You know, does Cincinnati play the same way if it's only a 1 0 game and maybe they do dominate the game more? Because they were blowing us off the pitch for 25 minutes, 30 minutes there. Like, it was like I told Justin there, I think I even said it on the podcast when I reviewed the game. Like, I was thinking about leaving at like the 25 minute mark. I'm like, this is going to get bad. This is going to be like a 5 6 0 drubbing. But we got back into the game, and for the most part, I thought we were the better team the rest of the way. Um, obviously, it just took a calamitous mistake at the back by Schulte way back when to uh, for Cincinnati to win that game. Um, Still, we have those defensive issues. We can't absorb pressure. I don't know. This is gonna be a tough game. It's gonna be a very tough game, especially away from home. Uh, need kucho need Rossi to continue to play well. I thought he played well. He was very smart throughout the entire Lando game. Like his he made very intelligent runs. His um his touch is not the best though. I feel like a lot of his touches roll up his leg and like up to his chest, so it always kind of stifles an attack a little bit, especially on like a good like kind of counterattack or like one-twos. Like sometimes they don't come off very well because like he's going to take a touch and it just like kind of rolls up his leg. I don't know. but we need him to step up it should be I still expect Matan to be starting. I still expect Yah to be starting. I still expect uh, I still expect Farsi to be starting. I think that gives us a good balance Farsi and Yaw on the wing back rolls because it gives us a very good attacking one in Yah and a really good defensive one in uh, Mo. So I think I think that's basically the team's picked themselves Schulte, Kamasho, um, Amundsen and Moreira, then Farsi, Ya, Aiden, Darlington Nagby, then you got Matan, Rossi, Cucho. So that's that's the lineup for Columbus. It should be already set in stone in my mind. Um, I know some people are like, "Oh, we were, like I like Farsi, but man, the way uh, Ramirez can finish." I'm like, Ramirez has scored one goal in three months. Like, no. Matan can drive this team. Matan is so underrated for this team by so many Columbus fans. He is a great engine to drive the team. Like, he's a, yeah, he's a small guy, but, man, he can turn and go with the ball. And he likes to carry the ball. And it allows... and it has, he, can, he has that ability to suck players in towards him, which opens up space for Cucho in behind, opens up space for Rossi in behind, opens up space for the wing backs to get forward as well when he gets into his space. When he carries the ball into space, he's so dangerous. Ramirez can't do that. I like Ramirez. He's a very good player, and he's a very useful player off the bench as well. Um, I just wish Maton would be a little bit more confident when shooting the ball. There's been plenty of times this year when it's like the shot's on, and he looks for the pass instead. Or he just doesn't. He flubs it like he did Saturday. But it's going to be a tough game. Um, Aiden and Nagby have got to be up to snuff. They've got to be ready to go. Um, Miazga is out for Cincinnati. I think he's got a suspension going on. Um, That is huge. He was named like in the, I think he was named defensive player of the year. I know he's in the team of the year. It was uh, Acosta. was named MVP, which was not surprising at all. I've made like kind of the thoughts like, yeah, he's the MVP, but best player still Tiago Amada. Um, I I expect like Tiago Amada, Facundo Torres. um, There's somebody else. I think Arroyo leaves for Orlando as well. I think those guys are going on to uh, bigger leagues next year. Uh, especially arroyo, I think arroyo's got a lot of potential he's a high like he's a guy you hate playing against because he's he did it twice. I talked about that foul on Aiden where he just runs directly through his back with his forearm and got no card for it. He did it later in the game as well. He did it again to Aiden and got a yellow card for it. He does it twice like he's a highly combative highly um uh, competitive midfielder that he's a destroyer type he's like he's there he's probably going to get himself suspended quite a few times That's one thing he's got to be able to Tone back aggression when need be but I could see him playing for a really good club like he'd be great at Atletico Madrid or something like that who's just there to really dirty up the game um, I think Torres you can see his talent quite a bit he's got good pace good think, where, are we, where are we going with this and like I guess Tiago Amada he could play for just about anybody I think he'll eventually play for just about anybody he's still only 22 he'll probably get like a year in like a mid-table Spain side or maybe uh, maybe he goes to Italy I don't know then he'll probably get like a good. He'll probably play very well there, and then get a big move. Whatever. What am I talking about? Anyway, let's get back to previewing this game. Miazga's out. <laughs> Costa won MVP. Um, if it depends on how they want to play. If Cincinnati wants to sit back and to soak up pressure from us and let us just have the ball, I think that's good for us. Like I said, that's what they did when they went up two nil against us in their home game earlier this year, and you know we got ourselves back into that game. And like I said, the calamitous mistake cost us the game like a mistake that's not usual a very unusual mistake happened um then in our home game we played them off the pitch because they sat back and let us keep the ball for most of the games and they couldn't get themselves going into a rhythm that was still early in the bupenza uh vasquez acosta era i think bupenza's gotten better i don't know i haven't really checked i don't really care that much but this is gonna be a fun game it's gonna be a great atmosphere I expect it to be a hellacious atmosphere. I won't be there. I got to work. And I'm not driving to Cincinnati on, like, that. I, I just don't feel like doing that. If it was a home game, that would have been cool. That's why I was hoping Philadelphia would win because I, I just wanted more home games. Obviously, if we win, we better get we better get the uh, MLS Cup final. Like, we better. Like, there's no reason. Like I said, we have the better regular season record, and we're both third, third seeds. So, makes no sense. I think we're playing well. I want to see how much that... Overall performance, Orlando, with actually getting a result at the end of it, uh, maybe drives this team forward. I still would not put money on us to win this game, just because it's still away from home, and we're still not great away from home, (laughs) so it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, Whatever. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything much else to say. I thought Aiden was immense this weekend. I think I said he's the man of the match. Uh, Obviously, a big shout-out to Patrick Schulte, I thought his performance in the extra time, maybe warranted man of the match. But I thought Aiden just Aiden, every single minute was just winning tackles everywhere. He wins the tackle that gets us the goal. He wins the tackle that gets their guy sent off Schlegel. I should remember that because I remember Anthony Schlegel at Ohio state linebacker played uh, number 51. He was the kind of forgotten linebacker amongst, I think he would have been the ones with Carpenter and Hawk. Yeah. They had that. Three linebackers. He was the middle linebacker. He had Anthony Schlegel, Bobby Carpenter, and A.J. Hawk as linebackers. Um, He was the forgotten one because the other two went in the first round, though Bobby Carpenter busted, and A.J. Hawk had a good career, and now he smokes cigars or something and talks to Pat McAfee. That's his job, I guess. Cigar smoker, Pat McAfee talker guy. It's a great job, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, But, yeah, Aiden was just immense. Aiden is really, really good at this level. Um, like I said, I think he does have a ceiling. His ceiling in MLS is best MLS midfielder, but if he goes to like, say like Spain, or he probably goes to, I would expect Italy, maybe Germany. Um, I don't know what his true ceiling is there. Because I think I've talked about it with Aiden. I'm not sure what he does. Great. Like world-class. Everything he does is really good. He's a good, he's a really good tackler. He's got a great engine. That's one thing he has, but a lot of guys have great engines. He's got a good shot. He's got good range of passing. He's got, you know, good technique. He's a good athlete. but He's not great at a lot of like things. And it's like, where does that put him? But there's a lot of guys who didn't, I mean, Jordan Henderson wasn't great at a lot of things. He had a great engine. He had great technique though as well. He was really great technique in terms of like passing the ball and his range of passing. And he also was like a dedicated leader, but we'll go in whatever, whatever. He's in Saudi now playing in front of like eight fans. Turned his back on everybody. but Whatever. It's a different story for a different time. Um, no, but Aiden was the man of the match, I thought. He got the assist. I said he got that... Won that big tackle. Big tackle on the edge of the box. That goes out to Rossi. That got some gets us the red card that really killed the game. Um, still, I, I really wish we'd be more front foot. I know, like, uh, they talk about where coming back from, like, an international break or something like that a couple months ago. I was like, oh, we're really going to focus on finishing games out. And it's like, are we doing a great job finishing games out? Because this seems like a recipe for us to give up a goal and really take all the momentum out of our attacking phase of play. Like, because we couldn't get on the ball against Orlando, and they're just passing the ball around us, and they create chances. They have 10 men, and they are creating really good chances against us just because they're outplaying us, because we're not, I don't know, it's just, I'm not a big fan of us sitting back. I think we just need to be more front and foot. I understand what they're saying, it's like we need to be able to protect leads a little bit more. There's ways to do that without completely stopping the way we play. Because that's what it is. Like, we get into these businesses, okay, we need to protect the lead, and it's like, okay, to stop playing the way we play. And we're just going to sit back, and we're going to try to low block, even though we don't have the personnel to play a low block the proper way. Like, we just don't. I mean, Nagby and Morris, as much as they are really good, they are more eights. They aren't really sixes. They aren't like a double pivot defensive midfield. They're more of like almost like kind of deep-lying playmakers in a lot of way, or ball-winning midfielders. They're like a little bit farther up in the field than like say the anchors or um, what's the other, like a halfback or anything like that. They're not that deep. They sit up a little bit farther. So when they have to sit back deep, they're not great guys with size. I mean, they're not like 6'2 or 6'3 and can win headers like easy. I mean, they win their headers, but it's like, it's not their best positions to be sitting back that way. I mean, getting the ball up there, like kind of cutting off the attack before it gets dangerous. We're sitting back and letting, trying to cut the attack off when the ball is coming into the box. That's a recipe for disaster. I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't come up this weekend, and hopefully it's an easy 1-0 or 2-0 win. Uh, it'd be great if we go out there and get like three goals in ten minutes and kill the game off and never have to worry about anything and uh, whatever. But whatever, man. It's probably not going to be that way. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a very ferocious game. And uh, if you guys want to watch it, watch it on Apple TV. Thumbs up. Anyway, that should be sports talk for the evening. Thank you so much for listening understanding all the fun stuff. If you like what you heard, spread the good word anywhere podcasts are available. You can find Monster Eight the Pilot. You can watch this video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. Um, I will be back Monday with some ketamine talk, uh, life talk, uh, what else talk, lost talk i have two more episodes of the lost rewatch as i am fastly approaching the end of lost and we're coming up on the holiday season i should have some songs this week as well to talk about it's gonna be a great show so just make sure you hit smash that like button looking for a like spike bro god i make myself sick sometimes when i say stuff like that but whatever Anyways, thank you so much again. Have a great rest of your day as you prep for the weekend. Sports talk might be moving to Friday, but I don't know. I can't figure shit out. Anyway, peace out. Uh, 10-4, Daddy-O. Let's get the hell on out of here.